we'd like to welcome you to part three of the continuation of our part five mega study on the alien agenda exposed. So this is the fifth mega study I've done, and this is part three of that. I've done the first two parts I probably a month ago, and um, it, it's so much material to cover, and with so many different breaking current events, it's very, very hard for me to string these mega studies together and actually do them in one sitting. A lot of this may cons end up constituting over 10 parts, and that's very hard to try to maintain mental clarity for that long and to just to post it all for, for one sitting. So um, <clears throat> continuing kind of where we left off in the last, and if you're not, if you're a new listener, you might want to go back and listen to part one and two. In fact, you might want to go back and listen to the first five or the first four mega studies I've done before that. Most of them were done pretty much in the last probably three years. I've, I've averaged about one to two of these mega studies on exposing the alien agenda uh, in the past, you know, three years, I'd say. And increasingly more and more because of the nature of the information that I'm covering and, and because of the potential importance of it. And again, you know, the more I research this and the more I look at this and the more I, I see the videos and the more I see Hollywood's agenda and the agenda of the New World Order coming together and the agenda of becoming one world religion, I realize how integral this is going to, a part that this is going to play. And that Christianity in general, if you look at it, from a holistic, worldwide standpoint, I think we would all agree that the majority of people that would identify as Christians are of somewhat of a lukewarm nature. Um, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way, I'm just saying it from a, you know, in America, for instance, you totally yoked up with the government through the 501c3 system. All of the prosperity, all of the greed involved, all of the various worldly things that go on in the church... I said that to make this point. The church is so ripe for takeover. So ripe to fall in that regard. And I mean, I don't mean the true born-again Bible-believing Christians that are, you know what I mean, that in that regard. I'm just saying Christianity in general with the thousands of denominations that exist. There are, I think it's like 29, 30,000. I mean, it's just... It's incomprehensible how many sects of so-called Christianity exist. And then with all the other factors that I've mentioned, it's literally primed and ripe for a takeover. And what I'm telling you, and by the information we're looking at today, you're going to really see how the New World Order is setting that whole thing up and how the Catholic Church in particular has been setting its adherents its patrons up for that eventuality and they've been doing this for a long time and you've got you know millions and millions of millions of people in the catholic church um they're setting this up by design on purpose and the other things that we're going to be looking at today as well um factor into all that so let's go ahead and roll the first video which I know you're only going to hear the audio and you can you can watch. I give you all the links to this. But it's a uh, L.A. Marzulli report, UFO sightings at all-time high. And we're going to start at about the one-minute 
22 second mark here. I'm on the Drudge Report this morning, and this story immediately pops out to me, and it says UFO sightings are at an all-time high. I mean, I mean, I can't ask for better publicity for my new film than this. UFO sightings are. What are we to make of that? What are we to make of that when we have a heading on the Drudge Report, national news, right? Not fake news. And I mean, the Drudge Report is where I would have to say, as far as if there was one information hub site on planet earth that more people go to they're pretty much at the top okay they're pretty much at the top from from all of the things i've seen so it's a really big deal is is what he's saying not behind the corner don't look over here it's the real deal it's telling us ufo sightings are at an all-time high folks i have to say it ufos are real burgeoning not going away and with reports like this, we can see that the numbers are coming up through the roof. The bottom line is this, folks. The UFO phenomena, and as I talked yesterday, how it inexorably dovetails into the Darwinian paradigm, is, in my opinion, the coming great deception. What is the truth? Now, there's different flavors of the Darwinian paradigm that he's in reference to here. You've got the ancient astronaut theory, which will you've heard me say a million times, I've done whole teachings on it you can just key in astronaut or ancient you'll find it at contendingfortruth.com everything up there is you know i've got over a thousand parts at this point of different studies i've done since 06 and um most of the time they have pdf files corresponding with them that is basically like the template for the study you go up there access them for free 24 7 um so this is something we've been talking about for, for a very, very, very long time. There's different flavors of this, and the ancient astronaut theory um, is the one that really the, the best, and I've said this before, if you want to know what this is in a very, very uh, Hollywood cinematic nutshell, go up to YouTube and key into Mission from Mars, final scene. And it will show you how supposedly life was created on this earth or there was an, a dying alien race i believe on mars and they shot this little uh, space canister slash probe slash whatever that hit earth and that uh, canister that hit earth opened up and basically was the seeding of planet earth and it showed in the video how you know however they seeded life meaning you know primordial sludge to slash amphibians to slash whatever to the amphibians that went on land and then developed into antelope and then you know elk and eventually created human beings that's the ancient astronaut theory where they are benevolent creators and we're their science project they created us millions and millions or billions of years ago whatever and now darwinianism just purely by itself does heavily factor into that um but again there's different flavors of that as well there's there's you know there's just different flavors out there of darwinianism and um the ancient astronaut theory so just kind of bear that in mind that you're not going to get a cookie cutter theory for every single thing you see um 
there's some versions out there where it's like the aliens basically created us in a more highly evolved form and we didn't maybe evolve from a frog or a rock or whatever and then they evolved us from that particular point forward okay um so again understand something <laughs> there there's a lot of different flavors of this there there's a lot of different new age versions of this there's a lot of different alien slash versions of this there's a lot of different hollywood versions of this it's all based on a lie and god is not the author of confusion there's only one way that god said he did it the seven day creation theory okay where he made adam and eve and things you know and the animals and adam named the animals and things went from there but these animals were not evolving microevolution is one thing adaptation is one thing but macroevolution meaning a gorilla turning into a human being that has never ever happened and it's never happened in any other species either so <clears throat> just bear that in mind as we go forward church going to do when we get reports on the drudge report and other mainstream media outlets that talk about ufo sightings that there's a spike something's about to happen is it disclosure in my opinion it may be and what you have to ask yourself um he's got a chart here <clears throat> it starts in 1910 none no sightings 1920s no sightings 1930s or if or if there are sightings they're very minimal uh 1950s which is when i believe we entered in, into the grenada treaty now, if you don't know what that is, just key in Grenada in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done, uh, I think, a couple parts on it where our government actually entered into. The, the, the more information I'm seeing on leaked documents coming from our government, Majestic 12 documents, these types of things. And remember, this is all part of the soft disclosure plan that our own government is a part of. 1950 is when the actual sighting started and that's right at the same time we entered in, into league with these things which are essentially it's like entering into league with fallen angels okay uh was man in league with fallen angels in the days of noah yeah pretty much in those days the fallen angels that fell took to them wives all that they chose and from that union according to according to genesis 6 came these giants these men of old these men of renown okay um half fallen angel half human they were the angels that left their first estate that the bible goes on to explain in the new testament and are reserved in judgment under under chains of darkness to this very day in a special compartment of hell called tartarus now that's the it's a derivative from the greek which is derived from it's only used one time in the new testament that particular word for hell tartarus and it's in regard to these angels that are literally these fallen angels that defiled the earth in noah's day because there was a lot more angels that fell with with satan a third of them these were only a handful um they're reserved in chains under judgment under this day in this special compartment of hell and um well let me just say that verse just just so we can let's let's go to that verse right now now i i, I failed to uh, mention this teaching and honestly this teaching pretty much goes over everything you would need to know 
without even needing any extra biblical books like the book of Enoch, okay? Everything that I'm saying can be proven with just a King James Bible. There are verses in the book of Enoch which I don't call, like, canon of scripture. I don't call it that. But there are verses in there which cross-confirm, okay? But you don't even need that for this particular thing. So the if you would just key in um, either Nephilim or Tartaros, where I really go into depth on, on the subject of Tartaros, the special compartment of hell, T-A-R-T-A-R-O-S, or Nephilim, N-E-P-H-I-L-U-M, uh, you'll you will find the study, Nephilim, sons of God, angels, demons, evil spirits, Tartaros, sons of Seth, daughters of Cain, Augustine of Hippo, Thomas Aquinas, John Calvin, warning and Bible study. I know it's a mouthful, but it's probably the most comprehensive study I've done on this particular subject. It's There's a lot to cover on it, so I don't want to go back and do this over again. Um, but the gist of what I was trying to say, and I'm just trying to find this verse... Um, that I was going to quote to you. I mean, to me, this verse, <laughs> or verses in the New Testament, is so cross-confirmatory with Genesis 6. It's just, you've got to be so willingly ignorant and blind to deny this. There's no explaining this, this one... I mean, this is just part of, of the argument of the... Uh, debate i guess that you could go into on the subject but all the new testament uh all the new testament verses also confirm that, that the sons of god and that's a whole other subject but sons of god is only referred to as angels in the old testament not in the new a born born again believer is can actually be referred to as a son of god in the new testament but in the old testament She's derived from a totally different language, Hebrew. Sons of God are only, and you just key it up, key it up, see where that verse term, sons of God, occurs in the Old Testament in the King James Bible. Every single time it's in reference to angels, never to men. So when it says at the start of Genesis 6, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, they took them wives all that they chose, we're not in reference to humans here, we're in reference to, clearly in reference to angels. So, I, I, again, <laughs> to me it's just heresy trying to basically go into scripture and to say, nope, even though that verse only refers to angels every other time in, in the Old Testament, this one time in Genesis 6, or I think it's mentioned a couple times, it definitely is a reference to man, even though the union of the sons of God and women produced giants. How could it, if it was the godly sons of Seth or just normal guys breeding with women, how could that how could that union produce giants, the men of old, the men of renown, that essentially took over the whole planet and defiled the earth to such a point that it repented God that he had even made man. And it was so bad, it was such a huge, gigantic deal that God had to hit the reset button and load Noah, eight eight people on the ark and all the animals and hit the reset button, wipe every single thing out, most likely because the DNA of mankind had been so defiled that he had to start over again. It was that big of a deal. And here we have Jesus saying, as it was in the days of Noah, 
so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, which is we're basically on the cusp of. So maybe that's something we should be paying attention to. Nah, not, not according to most ministers. Just ignore it. There's nothing there. There's nothing with the Hollywood agenda of trying to shove all this alien stuff down our throats constantly and all the UFO sightings and all the abduction cases that are totally documented. And oh No, there's nothing to any of it. And then all, now all of the actual military documents that are starting to be, quote, leaked, even though that's all by design, because it's a part of soft disclosure. No, there's nothing to any of it. Nothing's ever going to come of it all. And, you know, anybody that gets into that's just a conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat wearing idiot. Because the vast majority of, quote, pastors out there, that's what they pretty much believe or teach or by their silence on the subject are saying that. Maybe not all of them. Maybe some of them believe it, but they don't want to come out and be, quote, labeled. I don't know. That's between them and God. 2 Peter 2, 4 through 6. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. Now, that's all the angels that ever fell with Satan, right? The one-third. Well, then why are we even in a battle right now? Why is there even evil present on the planet? If God's already cast all the angels that sinned into hell... Why are we even, why is, why is even evil even present on the planet? Because the vast majority of them are not in hell. It's this very select few that fell during Genesis 6. And those are the ones that are in Tartarus. The special compartment of hell for the fallen angels. Special punishment. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, the word Tartaros is where is 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 the deepest abyss of hell. It's only used once in the whole Bible. And that's where it's used in 2 Peter 2, verse 4. And delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person. Wow, that's really weird how they just talk about fallen angels that just fell in noah's day and genesis 6 totally describes that and here we are in the next verse verse 5 and spare not the old world but save noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly huh that's really weird how they're they're back-to-back verses and they're totally connected i wonder if there's any association nah nothing to see here just you know stay asleep and now we have a contrast in the verse. Now we have an example of the verse. Next, where we get into verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. So what are we doing here? We're comparing Sodom and Gomorrah with God sparing not the angels that sinned, but casting them down to hell. Do you think any person in Sodom and Gomorrah went to heaven? I think not. It was fire and brimstone on the whole city. No one was spared. Not even Lot's wife who turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. Or was it stone? I don't know. Anyway. So it was salt. It was a pillar of salt. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them an overthrow, making them an example unto those that shall live ungodly. What was Sodom and Gomorrah for? 
to as an example for the rest of the world time memorial going forward that a homosexual lifestyle or bisexual or transgenderism I'll, I'll lump them all in there is only going to get you to hell now these are not my rules these are gods okay i do believe there have been homosexual people that have been saved i've seen way too much proof of it okay so i'm not out here making some blanket condemnation or but that lifestyle if left unchecked this is where it always if, if you have in other words if you just let san franciscans do what they wanted to do the the let's just say the gay male population the lesbian population and that let's say there was no laws and let's say they just kind of kept doing what they were doing and that virus which i would have to say the virus is the devils and the demons associated with this homosexual transgender lesbian lifestyle just allowed to continue unchecked in san francisco it would just be a matter of time and i don't know how long it would take but it would just be a matter of time before eventually it would totally take over everything in the city and especially if the city was isolated i mean people aren't really coming in or going out that much i would imagine that sodom and gomorrah was kind of like that. i doubt there was a lot of people going in and out it was probably a more of an isolated it was on the plains it said it was more of an isolated type of community where this extreme level of sin that god judges in the most harshest way thrived so they're 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 using sodom and gomorrah and they're comparing it to the angels that fell in genesis 6 two of the most egregious sins in god's eyes he is laying out here and in using each other as cross references and all the adherents of sodom and gomorrah in hell and all the the angels that left their first estate that fell in genesis 6 and i mean the one i mean the ones that went into with the women i don't mean the ones that fell and didn't do that because they're still around if they weren't we wouldn't be battling like we are today i doubt satan could pull off what he's doing if unless he had a third of the angels with him in other words why because he's not he's not um omnipotent he's not omnipresent he's not omniscient meaning he knows everyone's thoughts but if he's got a legions of of fallen angels and then that then we have demons that's a whole other subject i get into that in, in the teaching well he's got eyes and ears everywhere he's got henchmen everywhere that's how that's the main reason he wouldn't be able to pull all this off it was just satan he could be you know he, yeah he could do damage but it wouldn't be to the extent it is now anyway just just my observations i'm you know i don't think i'm wrong but it, i just see no way he could pull off what he did, what he's doing without a lot of help and turning the cities of sodom and gomorrah into ashes condemned them and overthrow making them an example unto those that after shall live ungodly so they're an example they're a warning for all of us to not live ungodly and again notice that the angels that were cast down to hell is referenced in the same time frame as noah or genesis 6 and that's not a coincidence now jude 6 if you want more copy well it only says it in second peter 2 4 through 6 no but it also says it in jude 6 and 7 
which says, and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. It's a special compartment of hell. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and get this, and going after strange flesh are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. From these two passages, it is clear that Peter and Jude both affirm that the sons of God in Genesis 6 were angels who committed fornication. Not only does the study of the text in Genesis 6 reveal this plainly, but we have two witnesses from the New Testament between the two verses, well, the two sets of verses we just read, and they both reference Noah's time period and the sexual sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. These angel-human hybrids of Genesis 6, which is what the, the men of old, the men of renown were, are the factual basis for the gods of the ancient cultures. Like the go Greek gods, like even Achilles or whatever, it, 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 even in their own accounts, he was like, his mother was like half, uh, was his mother a goddess? His mother was a goddess and his dad was a human, I think. I don't know. That happens a lot. You, you look at Greek mythology and you have Zeus and Apollo and all these. These are fallen angels people were worshipping. That's all it is. And then sometimes they mated with women. And like in um, Achilles' example, who was half human, half fallen angel essentially, mighty in battle. He, he did far more than a regular man could do regarding from a physical nature. And that's how he could do it. He was half fallen angel. Um, now, the last point I want to bring here is if we go back to Jude 6 and 7 where it said that uh, giving themselves over to fornication. Now, they're comparing the angels in Sodom and Gomorrah. They're on a same, the same parallel in the same exactly like it was in second peter 2 verse 4 through 6 on the same parallel it says even as sodom and gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication meaning they're saying the same thing about the angels they gave themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh when a man goes after a man like they were in sodom and gomorrah that is referred to as going after strange flesh that is a kind of a king james way of saying Men with men, women with women, or even worse, bestiality, which is also mentioned in the Old Testament. All of these sins in the Old Testament were punishable by death. All of them. Because the land had to be cleansed because God said it and he said it over and over. Child sacrifice, bestiality, um, men with men, women with women, all of these types of sins defile the land. And the only way to cleanse the land is to kill the, the, these either people, well, men with men, women with women, unfortunately, with bestiality, they would actually have to kill the animal as well, as well as the person engaging in the sexual act. They defile the land. Child sacrifice. Their innocent blood defiles the land in that particular case. So, these are some of the most egregious sins in the Bible. And not every sin defiles the land. You know, not every single thing, not, most sins actually probably don't defile them. They may attract demons and stuff of this nature, but only certain sins defile the land. Because if you go back and you do a keyword search study in the Old Testament, these are the big ones. 
And the fallen angels with the women certainly were defiling the land. And, and cities like Sodom and Gomorrah certainly were defiling the land. And that's why God rained down fire and brimstone. And that's why God had to hit the reset button in Noah 6 because the land had become totally defiled. Had to start over. There was no other choice. The DNA of mankind had been just defiled to a point where there was really no going back other than a reset. It's kind of funny. Doesn't it seem like they're trying to mess with our DNA today a lot? You got the chemtrails. You got the GMOs and the food. You got all the, the, the uh, foreign DNA. And then the, the babies that they're actually literally culturing vaccines off aborted babies. It's called human diploid cells. You can look it up in the PDR. Isn't it weird they're kind of trying to introduce all this foreign DNA into our systems, whether it be vaccines or chemtrails or, you know, food? I'm sure stuff with water and drinks, too. I mean, they're doing all kind of horrible stuff there as well. Well, didn't Jesus Christ say as it was in the days of Noah? They're just coming about it in a much more subtle manner. A horrible manner, but a, more of a subtle manner. But it says, giving themselves over to, over to fornication and going after strange flesh. When a, when a man goes after a man, as it says in Sodom and Gomorrah, that's, a, that's going after strange flesh. When an angel goes after a woman, as they were doing clearly in Genesis 6, that is going after strange flesh. Wouldn't you agree? Angels were not meant to breed with women. Okay? They weren't, that, that's not what they were meant for. In my response, it, you know, then you would hear, well, yeah, but they can't breed with women. How do you know? How, how do you know they can't breed with women? Who laid that, you know, where, where does it say, well, they're not married or supposed to be married or given. It doesn't mean that they can't do that. I mean, in the Bible, angels almost, almost always manifest as men. Okay, and I mean the good angels that we ever see in the Bible manifest as men. There are examples where you have female angelic-like beings manifesting as women, but they're wicked. Now, I don't mean to say all women are wicked. I'm saying in the Bible, though, when you get that dynamic taking place, they're wicked, at least in that particular instance. Okay, so I guess they had no ability then to manifest as a fully formed male. Since we are created a little lower than the angels, I am sure they are more limited than us in that regard. Think about that. Anyway, I don't want to belabor this point anymore. I've, I've, I've went over this point over and over and over and over again uh, in so many different teachings, but I, I wanted just to kind of cover that real quick. Now, let's go back to this report here with L.A. Marzulli. And what this, what this chart is showing you here uh, at the 2 minute 30 second mark of this L.A. Marzula video is yearly sightings of UFOs. And then it goes decade by decade by decade. In 1950, we start to see the first spike of UFOs. Okay, Then we go to 1960, a little bit more. 1970, a little bit more. Kind of levels off from 1970 to 1980, at least what's being reported. And then from 1980 to 1990, we have about a... You're going from about 2,000 sightings to 10,000. So 80% increase. 
from 1980 to 19. Now, from 1990 to 2000, you go from 10,000 approximately to about 42,000. A gigantic leap. And then you go from 2000 to 2010, and you have another. Now we're over the 45,000 mark. It's a lot of UFO sightings. It's not making nightly news. Well, no, it's not. Just like all the abductions that happen that don't make the nightly news that we've covered ongoing. But Satan's message is being sent. The world is being primed to accept something. And there is a reason behind it. There is an end game behind it. And to deny it is just the height of lunacy. I'm sorry. There's got to be an end game behind this stuff. Is what are you going to do if and when there is UFO disclosure? And the governments of the world stand up and say, well, we've known they've been here. They're actually uh, our progenitors. They created all life on this planet. That is in direct opposition to the biblical prophetic narrative. It's, it's completely different than the biblical prophetic narrative. And this is why I'm so passionate about it. I've written 10 books either on the subject or directly related to the subject about the Nephilim and the coming cosmic war. Look, we're in the midst of a regime change. There's no doubt about that. And the chaos that we see on this planet is because the old regime by Satan is being booted out. It's in the process of being booted out. And we're not, we're not close. I'm not saying, well, next Thursday at 4 o'clock, it's, it, it's going to be over. That's not what I'm saying here. But we see this tension between the coming of the king, the return of the king, Yeshua, Jesus, and the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air, i.e. Satan. By the way, one of his titles, and I just said it, is the prince of the power of the air. Think about that. The prince of the power of the air. UFOs, when they show up, and they show up in a variety of ways, everything from the classic disc shape to cigars to lights in the sky to orbs that dance around. You saw that with Dr. Roger, and, and I'll show that clip again. Uh, and, in fact, take a look at it right now. Here's Dr. Roger. And what happened to me as I was driving home into our, our driveway, which is kind of... So this is a doctor that L.A. Marzulli is interviewing, and I believe he came out with a... Uh, DVD not too long ago where he went to Christian who would identify as born again Bible believing Christian after Christian after Christian that have had UFO experiences here's a doctor he's interviewing and again are they all crazy are they all just making this up and what, what do they all want a book deal <laughs> I don't think the vast majority of the millions that have had U UFO sightings number one even want to talk about it much less are trying to get a book deal out of it. A secluded property with no lights or no anything around it is that I was driving down the driveway and going into the garage and noticed something out the corner of my eye uh, up above the neighbor's property, which is next to us. And I stopped the car, uh, got out of it, and started to take a look at what was going on and saw three or four orbs that were up in the sky doing circles and erratic movements up and down in circular motion. Um, it was, seemed rather odd to me. Uh, so I felt no fear, no, um, no kind of uh, anxiety or anything in seeing this. I just kind of said, oh wow, there's some lights out there. And I thought to myself too that this is kind of weird. Um, and went to take a little look and walked up to my backyard, which would have been a little bit closer, and these orbs were about 100, 200 feet off the ground, 
uh, to my right as I look up at it, and I thought that this is really, really strange because they didn't make any noise. It was just movement going around and up and down and moving all around. After a few minutes, I just said, okay, I'm gonna get my wife. So I went into the house to get my wife out of bed at one, almost two o'clock in the morning, and uh, I dragged her outside and I said, look, and she also observed the, the orbs that were in the sky going around in a few circles and up and down and just back and forth. And at that time I was thinking, hey, maybe someone's just playing with our minds and using a flashlight or something like that. But it was not because it's, the property was right next to us. There was nobody around in the whole area. Um, and it was just the movements of these orbs was just really erratic. Um, and after about five minutes when she was out there, all of a sudden it just kind of went poof and all of these orbs were gone. And it was just like, you know, wow, this is really, really strange. So even though that's a reenactment, and Wesley Sangiorgi did a wonderful job in, in creating that animation, and that's all throughout the film in their own words, The Watchmen Chronicles, we use animation to illustrate. Okay, so that's that's the, in, in their own words, is the film he made, and it's report after report. That was obviously one of the way more wild, milder UFO type of sightings. I mean, that would be along the most mild type, whereas then you have the, fire in the sky type and based on that movie um that would be obviously one of the most extreme examples of actual abduction and taken aboard a ship and probed and prodded and and that that particular scene on fire in the sky if you want to keep that in fire in the sky abduction scene and it's not for the faint of heart i mean i want to have children around and that type of thing if you want but that's very very accurate compared um um, regarding UFO abductions that people actually remember. A lot of false memories are planted in these people's heads afterward. Uh, a lot of times regarding the... And then they'll actually start to get their memories back and they'll realize what was actually done to them, which was just beyond horrific. And, and again, it always centers around their reproductive areas, both men and women. Again, what was Satan trying to tinker with in Noah's day? Was it a reproductive type of DNA defilement slash takeover of humanity through these fallen ants? Yeah, it sure was. Well, that's exactly what they're doing today. They're just going about it differently. Because sometimes we have real footage, like with the Area 51 footage that was uh, captured by Gary Schultz, and we show that in the movie. Uh, we also have uh, Jaime Massam was gracious enough to lend us little snippets of, of UFOs, and we use that throughout the film. Uh, there's also a lot of 1950 black and white photographs, which are now public domain. We use those to illustrate the points. But Wesley does a great job. What are we to think of that? You know, this, this is Dr. Roger. He's a highly intelligent individual. He comes to a lot of our conferences. I've known him and his wife now for several years, and he's just a great guy. So Dr. Roger comes on the record and starts telling us about the orbs that he saw. And you know what, folks, what's interesting, having edited this, the movie, and watching it over and over and over again, um, and listening to the interviews, what I've gleaned from it, and I'm going to tell you, so I'm going to sort of tip my hand here, and I'll be talking about this at the Hear the Watchman conference, which is in 40 days in Dallas. If you haven't bought a ticket, you want to be there. The lineup is incredible. But what I've noticed 
Throughout all that's already come and gone, just so you know. All these testimonies, there's a disconnect. There's a complete disconnect. People will say things like this. I'll just give you one example. So my sister and I were in the car, and I told her, we got to get out of here. we got to get out of here. And she was speeding, but we weren't going anywhere. That's a direct quote. She was speeding, but we weren't going anywhere. How can that possibly be? How can that possibly be? Even with the orbs, with Dr. Roger, the same deal. You know, I thought maybe it's some guy out there with a flashlight. You know you can't do that with a flashlight. We all know that. There's a disconnect. And the, part of the reason is because we're not used to seeing phenomenon like this. There's nothing in our paradigm which prepares us to view an encounter like this. And when we have an encounter like this, we try to process it in some way. And oftentimes we find out that we don't know how to process it. Folks, i got to tell you, the movie, in their own words, and I know it's a shameless plug, but, but here we go. The movie, in their own words, is packed full of information. Everyone in the film is a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And they come on the record, everything from close encounters of the first kind to close encounters of the fourth kind, direct contact with these entities, these nefarious entities, in my opinion. People have had encounters. It's time to start talking about it. Think about the Drudge Report today. UFO sightings at an all-time high. Could this mean that we are on the verge of disclosure? Here's the offer, and it's only good till Saturday. You get two DVDs plus the book, further evidence, all for $24.95. So, now, obviously, this was the, he released this on February 23rd. I'm not, I'm not trying to chill for L.A. Marzulli, but if you want a video, and I believe he said there's a book that goes along with it, that maybe you could show your, whether they're saved or unsaved friends. I think this would be more powerful for the saved, though, because a lot of the saved people just believe that none of this can touch them and none of this has any bearing on them. And I'm going to read you a comment I got um, kind of regarding that not, not too long ago. But this would be a good resource. To, I don't even have any resources that I sell like this, but he does. And, and I think this would be a really good, powerful thing to be able to sit down and show somebody. At Saturday midnight, that offer goes off, and we go back to our normal offer, which will be $19.95 for the first DVD, and then 50% off for the second one. We want you to buy two of them. We want you to give that DVD to someone, your pastor, an elder, um, someone in leadership, anybody, to try to get the word out, to try to get the church to start talking about yeah, what is already here what the New Agers are embracing, what the people who, um, the, the alien astronauts, the New Agers, they're already looking at this. The church, for the most part, won't even discuss it. And frankly, we've got the answers. And the answers come from the biblical prophetic narrative. It says in 2 Thessalonians that God sends them strong delusion. And I truly believe the strong delusion that we are seeing is the so-called UFO phenomenon. I agree, and I've been saying it, and you hear me quote that verse all the time. Uh, I really believe that the church is going to be put into an increasing position where they are more and more forced, I guess for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive, those that would fall into that category, because the other types, I guess, would just be stubborn and ignore, ignore it no matter what, but those will be forced to increasingly deal with this. And if there are... 
there's strength in numbers and you know a, a lot of it i think is too is, is if there's a critical mass that's achieved regarding the subject regarding the education of the body of christ on this subject then a lot of other people are going to feel a lot more comfortable maybe coming out with their experience and maybe looking at this information whereas before they might not have looked at it i feel like it's the future of christianity to actually one way or another we're going to be forced to look at this the only other alternative is that there's no end game to any of this and nothing is ever going to become of any of this information which to me is you know lunacy regarding all the effort satan has put into this so let's go further let's go to the next one uh this is called the dread of abductions well welcome to the politics prophecy of a supernatural report I want to discuss something. I receive a lot of emails, as many of you know. I can't possibly keep up with all of them, but sometimes the titles catch my eye. The title on, the, on this particular post just had one word, dread. I immediately opened it up. What I read was astounding, and I'll share this letter with you. The person remains uh, or wants to remain anonymous, so we will call him or her George, for lack of a better name. That's what we'll refer to him or her as in this particular letter. I will read it, but basically um, this person saw one of the videos that I posted on the new film, The Watchman Chronicles, in their own words, and it, it really resonated with him. It, it struck a chord. Let's get right into it. I just watched a video you made yesterday. You talked about dread. I can tell you something about that dread from personal experience. Before I read the letter, folks, let me just say one, one quick thing. In their own words, there's a man by the name of Al, Al Matthews, who we interview. And Al comes on the record three different times in the film. And I can't and won't give away uh, the, sort of the punchline at the end of the film. But he, he was taken multiple times. And Wesley Sangiorgi has done a wonderful job uh, illustrating that with CGI, computer-generated images. He's done a wonderful job uh, imaging that and, and bringing his story to life. But one of, the, uh, one of the reports that Al comes on the record and tells us, shares with us in the film, is after he was taken, he had four hours of missing time, number one. He found himself in a car 120 kilometers away from where he was last conscious, number two. Number three... Uh, he drove home, he crawled into bed, got in the fetus position, began to cry, and said, why me? So that's what we're dealing with here. And again, folks, I guarantee you this, there are people in your church that have had encounters, perhaps not as dramatic or, or as uh, ongoing as Al Matthews, but they have had encounters. And that's the whole purpose of this film, to get the word out and begin to discuss it. Something is going on in the skies above all the countries of the world. These crafts come and go with complete impunity. The cat and mouse game has been going on for decades with no solution. For those of you who are watching this for the first time and aren't familiar with my work, I hold to the interdimensional uh, paradigm. In other words, I don't believe these entities are from planets that are reticulate. I believe that they are interdimensional. And I'll take it a step further. I believe these are the fallen hosts of heaven. When I say heaven, I'm talking about the third heaven. There was a rebellion, and, and, and who knows how far back it goes, in the far distant past. And this rebellion led literally to two wills in the universe. This cosmic war 
where this cosmic chess match has been ongoing and now is, is, is being fought over this planet. The book of Revelation tells us very specifically that at some point in time, Michael and his angels will fight with Satan and his angels. Michael will overcome them, and Satan is cast down to earth, and he's really angry because he knows his time is short. That's future. That's future. Could that be when everything gets revealed? I don't know. Let's get into what George has to say. Many years ago, I and then my young family had encounters. I was taken. I am not going to talk about all that experience, the very best of which was when I was a comfort to other people on the craft. Stop right there. We've heard stories of this, where people are taken and they are so traumatized, they are so fearful on the craft, they're just, they don't know how to deal with it. And so this man, because he... I mean, this, I've heard this, I don't know how many times. People taken aboard these crafts, and they're literally allowed to interact with other people on the craft many times in a comforting type of thing, you know, to try to help other people that are just beyond shock, just beyond it. Um, it's a very common narrative. Very. And again, are we just to say, well, there's no validity to any of this. It doesn't. Well, I'm telling you, I've heard this one so many times. He was taken so many times. He, he or she um, would comfort others. So let's see what, what George has to say. The very best of which was when I was a comfort to other people on the craft. Nothing else could be called good. Say that again. Nothing else right. could be called good from that experience. This is not about those experiences. This is what I have figured out over the years. First of all, I did not know what they were back then. I was a willing participant. Once I figured out what they were, and I have prayed about it, and I have asked for protection from them, and I have gotten that protection. Next, over the years, through prayers and through guidance from the Holy Spirit, including the experience I have gone through since then, to teach me not to fear them and to teach me how to be completely free from them. I have been shown what the dread really is. Look in the Bible. Get this, folks. This is, this is really cutting-edge stuff here, in my opinion. Look in the Bible to when men have encountered angels. Almost always, they fall on their faces in fear. If the angels are from heaven, the first thing they say is, Get up! Don't fear! Now, I don't know this, this person. I've never met this person. But this is, this is exactly, the verbiage is almost identical to what I use in my book, The Cosmic Chess Match. I explain this, that when angels appear, we, we can't deal with this. We basically do a face plant. Look at the book of Daniel. When the angel appears to Daniel, Daniel says, and I fell on my face. That's a face plant. And the good angel goes over and, and finally gets him up and speaks over him. And finally, Daniel can deal with it. But get this. If the angels are from heaven, the first thing they say is, get up, don't fear. This is a natural human reaction to the encounter. It is like sneezing because something tickles your nose. You can't help it. You can't stop it. It is going to happen. If the angel does not intentionally turn it off before the encounter. In other words, they are so powerful that, that we, can't, we can't deal with their energy. Heavenly angels will immediately tell you to get up. They will instruct you not to fear. I'll say that again. That's really important. Heavenly angels will immediately tell you to get up. 
they will instruct you not to fear. The demons who are pretending to be aliens, however, intensify that. You have the same reaction to them. You can't help it. They use it as both a weapon and a way to control you. This is the dread that makes you unable to move. When I interviewed people uh, from a new film in their own words, oftentimes I heard from their own testimony in their own words, that's why we call it in their own words, I would hear that when they had sightings of the craft, they became... I, I kind of want to parse that out a little bit, though. I don't want to compare the feeling you're going to get from a good angel coming into your presence with that of a demon or a fallen angel, and there's, there's a difference. And again, key in that Tartaros study where we explain the difference between um, the uh, <clears throat> demons and fallen angels. So bear, bear, bear that kind of in mind. It's, it's not the same exact, I mean, there may be fear on both ends, but the one is, a, is like a godly type of holy fear. And the other one is a fear of this unbelievably impending evil. That, and remember, these devils and these demons, that's their food. They feed off that. That's why they seek to inhabit bodies, like the Bible says. When, when even Jesus talked about it, when it, when it, when an unclean spirit's cast out of a man and it goes and to dry places, and then it, you know, but then it goes tries to go back into the person, and it'll bring seven even more wicked with it if it can do that. Why? Well, because they feed off different, and it depends on the demon. It feeds off different things that it has a specialty in. If that is a demon of lust. It would, in particular, feed off you lusting. If it's a demon of gluttony, it would particularly feed off you being gluttonous. This is their food. They don't eat physical food. They actually thrive off particular kinds of spiritual energy that they have a specialty in and that they will give you a proclivity toward if they're dwelling within you. terrified they became overwhelmed with a feeling of dread and this is exactly what we're talking about so let's go back into what george has to say it's the dread that gives these fallen entities control over you once you know what it is it doesn't mean you will ever experience again unless you just plain want to never have any experience with them again and simply want to be protected and make them go away he father god can and will do that as well if that is what you want. However, George... Okay, and this is where I feel like he's falling, well, falling way short on... Okay, what's the remedy? It's an easy remedy. Okay, we're going to get into that in the next couple videos. I'm not... Maybe he gets into it more in, in the video. I don't know. But the remedy regarding this subject is just as important as the subject itself. Because obviously you want to stop this if this is happening to you. We're going to, again, we're going to look at that very soon. Didn't want that. He wanted to not be afraid of them. George wanted to know them for what they were and to defeat them. You know, folks, I got to tell you, I'm not sure I would have the courage to do that. So bully for you, George. That's why I had to have the learning experiences, to learn to recognize what is going on. Then, once recognized to not be afraid, because, get this, greater is he 
that is in me than he that is in the world and in them. So this man or woman, George, is living this in a very experiential way. I mean, he's, he's being taken, he's having encounters, and he's learning to trust in the power of the living God and, 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 and to have victory over them. Over time, I learned to recognize it. Then I started to realize they don't really have any right to that kind of control. Finally, I reached the point where I could recognize the very start of the abduction and to stop it right away. This is exactly what Al talks about in the film. Al Matthews in the film. He talks about you've got three or four seconds and then you're switched off. You can feel it coming. I remember talking to other people, and I can't mention names, but th the same exact thing. They would, they would feel it. They would, un they would know that, oh my gosh, it's about to happen again. And so this person, um, George, finally reaches a point where he, he or she could recognize uh, the start of the abduction when they would come to take him or her and he would put a stop to it right away. Uh, George could move as I could move as I wished. I could talk as I wished and talk I did, rebuking them and ordering them to leave in Jesus' name. Okay, so he does get into that, okay. So that's the that's the key. That is the key. Now it has to be done in faith. And this would not work with any other name. <laughs> this it's not gonna I rebuke you in Buddha's name or Krishna's it's not gonna work in any other name it's the name above all names okay jesus christ so you you need to understand that that is the only remedy for this and again we're going to look at that a little more in depth uh coming up quickly they haven't been back in many years or if they have it didn't matter i ignore them i am in god and he is in me they have no right to be from what I've, I've i've understood about accounts of people that have witnessed what happens when these things are actually manifesting in the room and you cry out to Jesus Christ, or Jesus, I mean, you know, God knows your heart. Um, um, Jesus, Jesus Christ, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. When you cry out to them, it's the equivalent of throwing battery acid on them. And the reason they don't tend to ever come back is because they do not want that experience ever again. Because you've just, you know, hurt them real bad and they don't want to go through that again where I am they leave me alone what he's saying and I want to clarify that he's not saying that that he's in God there's a relationship a personal relationship with Jesus so that's what he's talking about here they leave me alone one other thing I learned that helps me not to fear I am not afraid to die I am not afraid of the worst they can do to me if I encountered physically today one of those demons there is nothing they can do that God he does not allow them to do they can do their worst and nothing will happen if he does not allow it. If for some reason he allows it, I rest in his will. I will endure. Because of him, I win. If in the end I die, I win. Ultimate win. I'm going home. Bottom line, I win if I live. I win if I die. I can't lose. And once you realize that, what is there to fear? Folks, what I love about this testimony is it fits right in with the film in their own words. It's just another amplification of, of what... Uh, the importance of what we've, what we've uncovered from all these different people that come on in, in their own words in the film and talk about their encounters. Because you know what, folks? There is a supernatural. There is a supernatural. And in my opinion, it's more real than the natural world. And, you know, we're, we're, we're told uh, in Paul's epistles that Satan will come with all signs and lying wonders. What are we to make of that? 
We're just supposed to just forget about that, that it really doesn't, it's not applicable to our day. Gary Stearman, who comes on the record uh, in the film, basically said, well, why is all this happening? And he says, because we're in the last days. He just says it matter-of-factly as, as an absolute statement that he believes with every fiber in his being. And you know what? He's right. We are in the last days. And if that's true, then we should, we should expect this type of interaction between these fallen entities. Look, folks, let me tell you something. I'm a biblical literalist. I believe in a literal second coming. I believe that when Jesus does return, and this is in pie in the sky, and it's not a bunch of guys with funny hats and weird robes and processions and stinking incense and all this nonsense. It's not that. It's the Son of God. It's the creator of the whole universe coming back at some point to end the absolute insanity that we have. All the wars. Just look at Fukushima. I'll talk about that tonight on Acceleration Radio. I mean, how do you fix that? You can't. You can't fix it. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But he can. Father God can through his son, Jesus. He is, that, that's my blessed hope. The return of the Messiah. The return of the King. That's my hope. Anyway, folks, check it out. Here's the trailer. In their own words, the Watchmen Chronicles uh, will be shipping in about 10 days. So uh, here's the special, by the way. When you order one at $19.95, you get the second one at half price for $9.95. Why are we doing this? We want you to buy two and give one away. Get the word out. Upwards of 35% of the people's unscientific poll sitting in your pews in your church right now have had an encounter. Folks, it's time we start talking about it. That's why I made the film. Thanks for watching Politics, Prophecy, and the Super. I mean, the last statement alone is just mind-blowing. Upward of 35% of people, according to scientific polls, and shows of hands that he has made in churches that he goes to speak at have had ufo encounters and they'll just sit there silent and there's no remedy given and there's no nothing it's a huge issue that's not being addressed by the church so that's all i have for part one and we're gonna just go on with more con cross confirmation of this in part two so god bless you and see you in part two